This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is Steve Moore. You're listening to More Money on 77 WBC Talk Radio. It's a great privilege to be with you every Saturday afternoon for this show from 2 to 3 p.m. And I want to do a shout out to my great friend, John Casamides, who is the owner of this radio station, which I've said many, many times is the single best talk radio station in the entire nation. We have reached all the way from up to Maine, all the way down to Georgia. It's incredible the number of listeners we have. So uh, thank you for listening in. By the way, I will be taking your calls uh, in about 20, 30 minutes. I want to hear from you all. My premise today, and I want your reaction to this, is that Uncle Sam has a big black eye right now And this is self-imposed because of mistakes that are being made in Washington. I want to hear whether you agree or disagree with my analysis on this. But in the meantime, I want to introduce my two uh, superstar guests. Um, Andy Puster, who I've known for years, has been an incredibly successful CEO uh, of a fast food company. He was nominated by Donald Trump to be the labor secretary. And my gosh, he would have been the greatest labor secretary ever if he had made it through that process. But of course, the left took him down because he too, knew way too much about business to, to uh, serve in Washington uh, and uh, is now um, a, a prolific author and writer on the economy. And then we have my great friend, John Fund, a colleague of mine at the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. You see him all the time on uh, TV, on everything from Newsmax to Fox News, and he is also a national review editor. So gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon I want to start with your reaction to my premise, which is that the United States, Uncle Sam, has a black eye. And this is because of mistakes that are being made in Washington. And not just one mistake, not just Afghanistan, but mistakes on the economy, mistakes on taxes, mistakes on labor policy. And Andy, there's nobody who knows more about labor policy than you do. So what say you? Well, you, and you didn't mention mistakes on the border. I mean, th- it's difficult to find a place where this administration hasn't made mistakes. You know, there was there's this uh, author everybody's familiar with named Marcel Proust who wrote about his life. And he wrote about this auntie had who never recognized how slutty one of these her nieces were. Uh, <laughs> and then she showed up one day with red lipstick at a table. I, I think this <laughs> is, is, is Joe Biden's red lipstick. Uh, it, yeah. it point, you know, the economy is uh, I mean, there are so many ways to comment on the disasters that we're seeing in the economy. But I would say the worst thing is we're trying to get rid of uh, roadblocks in the supply chain, which Jay Paul right. keeps complaining about. And while, right. Joe, while Joe Biden decides he's going to discourage people from working, we're trying to get inflation under control while the Fed is printing money like it's newspaper and the Democrats want to spend mm-hmm. it like it's yesterday's newspaper. You're just right. throwing gasoline on an already accelerating economy. So it, it's, yeah. it's bad out there. I, I couldn't agree more. And before I turn to John Fund, I wanted to get your thoughts on this study that was done. It's a bizarre study that got all sorts of attention, of course, in the New York Times, which was saying that the unemployment benefits have really had nothing to do with keeping people out of the workforce. Now, uh, Andy, you've been a, a, an employer of tens and tens of thousands of people. Um, and so you have been on the front line on this as an employer, somebody who signs the front end of these paychecks. Do you can how in the world can they say that the unemployment benefits are not keep, keeping people out of the workforce? You know, only if they if they're not talking to anybody who's an employer. <laughs> right, the entire right. United States. 
go talk to the guy who, who you know, I don't know, who cuts your lawns or your neighbor's right. lawn or talk to the person at the drugstore or the grocery store. And everybody will tell you that that's exactly what's happening. This is this matter of fact, the 10 states with the lowest unemployment rates are all Republican states that have terminated right. those bonuses. The 10 states right. with the highest unemployment rates are all Democrat states that haven't terminated those bonuses. This, this isn't rocket science, people. This it is, is not. very simple and very straightforward. You know, it's almost like that old line from Groucho Marx, you're going to believe me or, or your own two eyes. You know, I mean, the evidence is <laughs> so right. overwhelming that the, that, that uh, people are being uh, kept out of the workforce. And by the way, this week, folks, I mentioned earlier, I'll repeat it again. Uh, Joe Biden has increased food stamp benefits by 25 percent. So free food for people at a, at a higher rate. And he now wants to allow states to uh, to extend the unemployment benefits, the extra three hundred dollar a week unemployment benefits beyond uh, Labor Day, uh, and I, you know because he says, oh, so many states have high unemployment rates. Yeah, it's the states that are that the uh, that are that have had these high unemployment benefits in the states that shut down their economy. But John Fun, my question for you is this: You've been in politics a long, long time, uh, and you have seen, I think, every president since Richard Nixon. Have you ever seen a president that's had a worse two weeks than Joe Biden? We may live in the United States of America, Steve, but Joe Biden lives in the state of denial in Washington, D.C. <laughs> right, right. right. Um, you know, I used to think until this week that Biden was just wrong on public policy. Right. Um, I actually think it's sadder than that. When you watched him the last few days mumbling through statements telling either lies or completely disconnected from reality, Mm -hmm. distracted, mentally exhausted, completely unconvincing when he said every American is going to be brought home no matter what the cost. Right, right. Uh, When you see that, you just have to ask yourself, who's in charge? And it may not be Joe Biden. So who is, that's a good question. You know, I I was talking to my buddy Larry Kudlow and he was telling me about this, uh, I think it's a Rasmussen poll that, 51% 51% of Americans do not think that Joe Biden is in charge. So the question, John Fund, you know, you, you talk to these people all the time uh, inside and around the White House. Who is in charge? You know, when COVID hit in early 2020, it was right in the middle of the Democratic primaries. No one expected that Joe Biden would be the nominee or much less president. But they were scared to death that Bernie Sanders was going to be the Democratic nominee. So Sanders and Biden met. And they cut a deal. And I think the deal they cut, it looks like, is Biden gets to be president, but Bernie Sanders and his crew and AOC get to call the policy tunes. And I think their representatives uh, in the Biden White House, especially uh, Susan Rice, um, they're the ones calling the shots. So, um, you know, I never would have thought I'd ever say this, but I think I'd almost feel more reassured with Bernie Sanders as president right now than Joe Biden. That's that's how discouraged I am by this man's performance. But I wanted to ask you, Andy, um, before we take our break, and we have to, we've got about a minute and a half left. So just a quick answer, and we can discuss this more after the break. What, how do you assess the current state of the economy? I mean, you know, you've got GDP numbers are good. Uh, you know, you see businesses reopening, um, employment, 10 million, you know, people, 10 million job openings, a million jobs created in the last report. And yet we have these problems. So are you optimistic or pessimistic about the next six months? Well, I think right now the economy is as hot as it can get. I mean, it, it, yeah. your GDP is high. As you said, right. 10 million 
job openings, 8.7 million people unemployed. We don't need more jobs. We need more people to fill those jobs. Right. Going forward, I think the big threat is inflation. Uh, yeah. I think inflation's here. I think it's coming on strong. And unless we have severe policy changes, uh, it, it's going to be an, uh, it's going to get ugly. We have to take our break, but I, I want, before we do, I want to get this to you, uh, Andy. Um, let, uh, you know, let's say you were talking to Joe Biden. <laughs> I know you talked to Donald Trump a lot, but I don't know how often you talked to Joe Biden. But let's say he asked you, he said, you know, as Not an employer, much. as an employer, uh, Andy, why don't you just raise your wages? That's what he's saying to telling businesses: just raise your raise your wages, and you won't have a problem getting your workers back. What would you say to that? Say wages nationally were up 3.6% and 4% the last two months. Those are extremely, extremely good numbers. I mean, Uh so it's not a problem. It's not a problem of employers aren't willing to pay. It's a problem of people don't want to work. There was a work ethic change during the pandemic. And you you talk to anybody that's hiring people, and they'll tell you they're afraid the work ethic dramatically changed, Mm -hmm. particularly for younger Americans uh, during the pandemic. And we need to get that. We need to get that work ethic back or we're going to be in big trouble. So you think that, the uh, you know, I've been saying the longer people stay unemployed, the worse it is, not just for the country, but for themselves. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. It's very hard okay. to get these to, to get people back to work after they've been living on the government largesse for 18 months. Yeah, that's Sandy Puster, who's one of the top uh, businessmen and, and men and, and economists in the country. And we also have John Fun. We'll be right back with the two of them. You're listening to More Money on 77 WBC Talk Radio. Human trafficking is modern-day slavery, and it happens in our own communities. Victims can be any gender, age, or race. Join the Department of Homeland Security's Blue Campaign to learn how to recognize and report this heinous crime. Visit our website at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. That's www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. Your second look could be their second chance. The power of information 24-7. Download the all-new 77 WABC mobile app. A name you know who's in the know. Listen, I've been around since Lincoln. I knew everybody. The diva of dirty laundry. She's the queen of gossip. I don't like the word gossip because it's pejorative. It doesn't have to be nasty and biting. It should be chatty. It should be funny. Tomorrow from 1 to 2 p.m., Cindy Adams brings her talents to 77 WABC. How do you feel about that, Cindy? Why am I giving you information? You're supposed to give me something. The Cindy Adams Show. On 77 WABC. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to more money at 77 WBC Talk Radio. I am uh, want to remind you that in, in about uh, 10 or 15 minutes, I'm going to be taking your calls because I love to hear from you all. And the topic that we want to talk about is that my premise is that Uncle Sam has a black eye and that we do not have leadership in Washington right now that is uh, 
leading America in the right direction, whether it's foreign policy, whether it's the economy, whether it's the labor market, whether, as, as my friend Andy Puster just mentioned, the border situation, it all seems to be out of control. And welcome back, gentlemen, uh, Andy Puster and John Fun. I'm just going to read this one paragraph for you both, and I'd like your comment uh, about the employment situation in America that we were talking about earlier. This is from the Wall Street Journal editorial today called Unemployment Benefits Forever, question mark. And it says they are implicitly, that is the left, is implicitly acknowledging that unemployment continues to run far higher in states run by Democrats. Unemployment nationwide fell to 5.4% in July, but it was above 7% in Nevada uh, at 7.7%. California, 7.6%. New Mexico, 7.6%. New York, 7.6%. Connecticut, 7.3%. New Jersey, 7.3%. My home state, Illinois, 7.1%. Andy, it sounds to me like you got out of California just in time. Yeah, just uh, just in time is right. I'm, I'm rooting for Larry Elder, Elder there, so maybe uh, maybe at least go back and visit without feeling terrible. Look, the uh, the unemployment rate is clearly being driven by the fact that people don't want to work. There are so many jobs available out there. You can talk to any employer, and you're going to find that employer will tell you they would love to hire people. Of the sixty some percent of employees, small businesses in the U.S. that tried to hire employees last month, according to the National Federation of Independent Businesses monthly survey, 89% couldn't find employees. This, this is, there is, you just, you can't build an economy, you can't repair yeah. supply chains, which is what they keep complaining about, if you don't have people working, if, if people don't make the goods, there's no people to deliver the goods, there's no people to sell the goods, even if you can get the goods. I mean, this is a, this is a dramatically bad situation for the economy going forward. So when, when Biden and his economists talk about the supply chain problems, they are uh, supply chain problems created by their own policies, it sounds like. So John Fun. You were you sent me a few days ago um, some analysis showing that consumer confidence has fallen had fallen um, by its largest amount in like over ten years. And what do you attribute that to? Uncertainty. Uh, people yeah. hoped that Biden would bring stability, fewer mean treats, tweets, uh, and you know, mm-hmm. calm, rational leadership. Right. Right. Uh, to Washington, well, look, you know, welcome to what you've gotten. <laughs> and yeah. un- all of yeah. the, all that Biden is doing is creating more uncertainty and instability, not only in the markets, but people wondering, does he know what he's doing and what direction are we heading in? And as Andy listed, all of the signs show that even the good news, the strong economy, is because of the federal sugar high from the Federal Reserve. That's right. not good news in the end. That's bad news. So my premise is, and I'd, I'd like to run this one by both of you, and I'll start with you, John. Um, and, and I was saying this during the campaign, during the election of 2020, which is we can't put Democrats in charge, whether it's Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders or Kamala Harris or whoever, you know, any of these 12 people they had on the stage, because Democrats are incompetent. They can't run anything. And we know that because we look at what's happening in Chicago. We look at what's happening in New York. We look what's happening in Los Angeles. I just got back from L.A. It's a tragedy what's happened to that great city. You look at what's happening at the states, the cities that they run. Uh, this is not just a matter, in my opinion, of bad ideology that we disagree with, but they simply are not competent to lead. 
Well, the media got a real wake-up call this week because they saw liberalism in action um, in Kabul, for especially. Uh, these people could not organize a, a parade. Uh, right, it is right, just absolutely right. astonishing to see the chaos. It would be funny if it weren't so sad and so many people's lives were at stake. Andy, uh, we just did an analysis at the Committee on Unleashed Prosperity uh, that we looked at the 30 top um, Democratic leaders. Uh, so we looked at, you know, uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and, you know, uh, Susan Rice and the people in his cabinet and the people who are running the regulatory agencies. Then we looked at, you know, the leaders of the Congress, uh, Janet, I mean, uh, 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 Nancy Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer and so on. So the 30 top decision makers when it comes to the economy and the Democratic Party. And Andy, their combined number of years of business experience among all 30 of them is eight, eight years. So they, 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 are, they are university professors, they are community organizers, they're lifetime politicians or lawyers, but they have no business experience. I wonder if you think maybe that has something to do with this. Well, of course it does. I, and the, the eight years, would have, that would have been more than I would have guessed, given their performance. <laughs> <laughs> That's for 30 people, Andy. 30 people, eight years of business experience. <laughs> what Ronald Reagan used to say, something to the effect of, it's not that liberals don't have beliefs. It's, it's just that so much of what they believe just isn't true. And right. I think that, right. that's, that you've got these 30 people who, who, actually, who actually believe these these economic theories, these economic approaches, which have been proven time and time and time again, not to work, not to be the interest in the best interest of working class people, not in the best interest of people having satisfying lives and, and opportunity and being able to move forward. They honestly believe those programs work. And when they don't work, they honestly believe that the solution is more government. So yeah. big government programs don't work with well, the problem is we need that's a stimulus, right? Obama's stimulus. Well, that didn't work. Well, it's because it wasn't big enough. So we're going to try this huge stimulus and we're going to end up with uh, we're going to end up with the re- with a, a, a reaction that was huge compared to the negative reaction we had with Obama, which was just stagnation. We're going to end up with a lot worse, worse than stagnation if we can't put an end to this. And these people, I just don't think they can see it coming. They didn't see it coming in Afghanistan. They didn't see what's happening at the border coming. They didn't see what was, you know, that the, the incredible advances that, that the Trump administration made in the Middle East. They didn't realize that if they funded the Palestinians again and, and kissed up to, right. to uh, the Iranians, that they would then attack Israel. and We'd be kind of back where we were before Trump took right. over. This is a it, it's really a disaster. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. And I couldn't agree with you more. These 30 people have no idea what they're doing on the economy. And you see that more clearly every day. So if, See, um, there is one thing that they pay attention to, which is political extinction. And we have to go back and look at how we managed to stop Obama the first two years. And what really changed Washington and killed things like the carbon tax and killed and got rid of about a third of Obamacare, even though they right. were able to pass part of it, right. was the victory of Scott Brown in Massachusetts, which shocked the entire country. If right. Republicans win either the recall, by the way, so people know that that was that was the Massachusetts Senate race, which never nobody thought that a Republican could win a Senate race in Massachusetts, but Brown did win that race, and you're saying that changed the whole field. It, it, it changed Washington's perception of where the public was going and right. how right. mad they were. If the Republicans win either the California recall on September 14th or the Virginia right. governor's race on November 2nd, 
I will tell you, Biden's reconciliation $3.5 trillion social pork barrel is dead in the water. And so, that's yeah. what one thing they will pay attention to if the voters rise up and show that in those two states that Biden carried, they're mad. Well, you hear that, heard that, folks, and I've been. this has been a theme of more money for the last six months, is that we cannot be pacifists right now. We have to be activists. We have to shout it out that we are against uh, these policies. Uh, we have to take to the streets in a nonviolent way. The left believes in violence. We believe in peaceful uh, u- u- use of our uh, of our First Amendment rights to free speech and right of assembly. But I, I couldn't agree more. This is a $6 trillion, Andy, redirection of money from the private sector, private workers and private businesses and, and private actors to government, basically. Government is now, as I see it, going to become like the, the United States government is going to be the, like the largest um, investor firm. I mean, the government is going to invest the money, not the private sector, people like you who ran businesses. I don't see the logic of that because these people don't know what they're doing. They don't. And, and, you know, I think people don't understand. I'm sure maybe your your listeners do. But uh, most people don't understand that when the government spends that kind, you know, right now, businesses are competing with the government for employees. You're literally competing with the government trying to make it more economically feasible for people not to work than to work in your business. And if you want to go out and borrow money, you want to go out and build your business and grow, you're now going to be competing with the government who's out there trying to spend, out there not trying, but actually spend money. And and that that damages the private sector. And when you damage the private sector, you you reduce opportunity, you reduce the the dollars available to run the government because they're not going to be produced. You reduce the dollars available to help people because there aren't going to be as many dollars. I don't think people realize government spending hurts the private sector. It hurts economic growth. It takes money and power away from individuals. And that's, uh, you know, we've been, by putting money and power in the hands of individuals for the past 250 years, we've been the most prosperous nation in the history of the world. We need to continue that, not stop it, not cut back on it. Well, we just celebrated the 40-year anniversary of the Reagan tax cut. And as we talked about last week, that really was a seismic change in the direction, a paradigm shift in the direction of the American economy. And we have this economy for the last 40 years, there have been some fits and starts, but it has been a rocket ship. I mean, the Dow Jones was at 1,000 40 years ago. Today is at 35,000. I mean, we've seen these policies work, and yet the Democrats seem to be hell-bent on reversing these policies. I'd like to ask you, too, if you wouldn't mind staying over for one more section, because both of you are former Californians, and I want to ask you both about whether you think that uh, Larry Elder, <laughs> who is a... Re- uh, by profession, a talk radio show host may become the next governor of California because I think John Fund is right. I think if that were to happen, it will be a sonic boom. So stay tuned because these guys have their finger on the pulse of what's happening in the Golden State. We will be right back. And yes, we will take your questions and your uh, calls. So call 1 800 848 9222. That's 1 800 848-9222-1-800-848-WABC. Do you think the economy is headed in the right direction? Do you like the leadership in Washington? I want to hear from you, and we will be right back. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Hi, folks. Welcome back. It's Steve Moore. This is More Money on WABC uh, Talk Radio. 
uh, the greatest talk radio station in the entire nation. We are taking your calls in about five minutes. We have, I'm told by our producers, we still have two lines open. So if you want your voice to be heard, uh, please call in. The question is, do you think America has a black eye? Uh, do you think that uh, the country is headed in the right direction right now? I do not think it is. And neither do my two guests. By the way, that number one last time. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for holding over. Uh, quick question, and I will let you go. John Fund, I'll start with you. Uh, give us your assessment. You've been call- covering this for both the Com- Committee to Unleash Prosperity and also for National Review. You are from California. What are you predicting will happen in this incredible recall election? I think it's a 50% chance that Gavin Newsom will be recalled. Uh, California is a deep, deep blue state, but the most enthusiastic Gavin Newsom supporters would call themselves apathetic about his future. No one thinks he's done a good job as governor. And Larry Elder is lighting up, um, you know, the switchboards all over California whenever he appears uh-huh. on radio. Yep. And uh, how much of uh, Gavin Newsom problems are, in your opinion, John, because of the hypocrisy factor that he he's violated all of his own rules? I think that was the brush fire that started the conflagration of the recall. But the real problem is that California has one third of the nation's welfare recipients. It has over half of the nation's homeless. Uh, it's the, the policies of liberalism have been tried in California, and they're turning California, my home state, into a trash dump. You know, John, I just got back from Los Angeles, uh, Southern California. I was there for a week on vacation and doing some business. And I cannot. what you said is so true. I mean, what's happened to Los Angeles, I mean, every single street corner you see encampments of homeless people. You see uh, drug needles on the beaches. Andy, you you uh, lived in California for many years until you, I think you recently moved to Tennessee. What is your assessment of what's going on in California? Well, we, I moved five years ago from the Santa Barbara area, Montecito, up to, uh, up to Nashville. I was back in June to the Santa Barbara area, and I'll tell you what, even Santa Barbara has been devastated by the policies that these people have put in place, mm-hmm. uh, both Brown and Newsom, that, you know, it was such a beautiful little community, so vibrant, right. you'd You'd go down on State Street. It was beautiful. Now the stores are boarded up. There's mm-hmm. pods of homeless people every couple of blocks. It's mm-hmm. dirty. It, it's depressing. I couldn't even yeah. get friends to go eat on State Street because it was it's just not a nice place to be. Everybody wanted to go to Montecito. They didn't have any homeless people there. Right. You know, that's right. where Oprah, Oprah and Prince Harry and her royal right. majesty, Meghan Markle, reside. You know, and, it, and it, was a real, it was a real kind of microcosm of what happened in California. These progressive economic policies that have driven people and businesses out of the state that have overtaxed the wealthy and have really discouraged work and discouraged people from furthering their lives and taking advantage of opportunities have created so, these two Californias. Yeah. You know, this so, depressing- and, yeah. yeah. So Andy, one, one last question. And I'll let you both uh, sure. go. Uh, let us just uh, assume for a minute that, uh, that, that the governor, governor Newsom is recalled and that uh, Larry Elder is elected governor. <laughs> Do you think he could fix things? Well, I think, I think number one, he can stop the slide, which is what you <laughs> Right, 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 right. Right. So that's an important thing. And there's, I mean, look, Larry's a legit guy, lawyer, University of Michigan, a nationally sure. syndicated talk host, uh, an award-winning filmmaker. This is a, right. 
he's a legitimate guy with good policy positions. I think he's got a shot. The problem is you're still going to have a, <laughs> right. a, a very strongly Democrat legislature. So, you you know, you can veto things. But I, I think, Larry, I think he's got some plans to move this forward. Now, you know, this is a South Central L.A., you know, minority family, a hardworking guy. He yeah. gets California. He, he may be if anybody could, it would be Larry. Do you agree with that, John Fund? Quickly, we've got 30 seconds. Larry can use emergency powers as governor. He can also put initiatives on the ballot. Remember last fall, Steve, California voted to the right on all the ballot initiatives, even while it was yes, voting against good point. Trump. Good point. It's true. It's okay. Good point, John. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.